Welcome to the Love Witch Podcast, where we have conversations on sexuality, spirituality, and more. My name is Gwen Walsh, and I'm a sex educator, a tarot reader, a sexuality and spirituality consultant, and your host. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Love Witch Podcast. I am here with Vanessa Cuccia, founder of Shockrubs, the original sex toy line. I'm so excited to be talking with Vanessa today. And Vanessa, if you don't mind, would you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, yes. Thank you so much for having me, too. And this is so much fun, um, as always, speaking with you. Um, so like you said, my name is Vanessa Cuccia. I'm the founder of Chakrabs, which is the original crystal sex toy company. I started about 10 years ago. And um, at that time, it was a very new concept. And um, since then, crystals have become an accepted material for use in, in pleasure practices. And, uh, you know, now it's like a category at stores and, you know, adult stores and things like that. Um, before I started Chakrabs, I was always on my way to um, become an artist of sorts. So I play piano, I sing, I was in cultural arts high schools and uh, went to college for music and acting and all these things. And um, so I think that after developing Chakrabs and really working with my own products, I was able to return back to that part of me that is so important. So Chakrabs is definitely, it's my, my, my business, my product, my philosophy behind it is, you know, very ingrained within me too. Um, but a, a big part of who I am is an artist. And so Chakrabs really helped me reclaim that part of myself. I love that. And I really feel that as someone who is a customer of Chakrabs as well. Um, I really feel the kind of underlying philosophy that permeates the entire uh, ethos of the company and the products. So I really appreciate that as someone who is a proud owner of multiple Chakrabs myself. So yeah. to get us started, um, what was your inspiration to create Chakrabs? Yeah, so um, I do feel like it was something that was in the stars for me. There's multiple moments in my life that I could think of that led me to that aha moment where I um, had the idea for chakra. But um, I think like the short version of it and the like non-autobiographical <laughs> part is uh, mostly I had... Um, I, I was in a relationship for about six years with a person who is six years older than me. I was very, I was very into being a virgin, virgin, you know, um, not having like penetrative sex ever. Um, and my partner at this time you know, knew that that was something very special to me. I wanted to really wait until I felt completely ready to explore that with someone. Um, that did not last. We were, um, you know, being sexual with each other at one point and naked. And I closed my eyes all of a sudden, I was penetrated. And it didn't last long enough for me to process what was going on or to say anything about it. And it kind of like left me in this very confused um, state, a, a frozen state. And this was in the middle of the day. I, I got up, I put on my jeans and I went to work at a movie theater and I cried to my sister in the back like ice room, you know, and um, this doesn't have to do anything with it, but I'm just going to say it because I loved what she said so much to me, which is you've had sex now, but you haven't yet made love. And that stuck with me and that made me feel better. But so for the rest of our relationship, because I stayed with this person, I kind of felt, okay, I wanted to be in love the first time I had penetrative sex. 
let me continue to date this person and fall in love with him so that I could have an inkling of what I wanted. Little did I know that over time, um, I would be subconsciously learning that sexual pleasure was for my partner, not for me. I was being woken up daily, um, being penetrated. I was not being acknowledged uh, emotionally. You know, my physical emotional needs were not being met. And after six years, um, I did find myself to be very numb. I, you know, at that time, I went to college, like I said, for acting and music. And I was in a state of depression. This person became like the only thing that I really knew. And um, we ended up moving to California. And again, I was pursuing music and acting. And, um, and I think it was just, it was at some point when I was living in California, where I made this realization, like, oh, I'm a quarter of my life done, and I'm not enjoying sex. And it felt like this existential crisis where I was like, life is really hard. I was working like a dog. Like I was like, I had no car. And if you've ever lived in LA, you know, that's like a necessity. So I was like, I was taking buses and carrying like all like these heavy things. Cause I would do birthday parties where I would set up people's backyards. So I was like working really hard and really struggling. And this this thought came into my mind was like, sex is something that is supposed to bring me pleasure. And it felt very wrong that it was another point of stress and a a point where I was becoming numb to life and myself. So that was, that was a big moment for me. And after I realized that I did um, distance myself from that relationship. And I took a job at the pleasure chest, which is an adult store. I wanted to put myself in the middle of an environment where people were extremely educated and open about sexuality so I can learn more and hopefully like reclaim something that I felt I was missing. However, I would look around this store and they have every product under the sun, every product, vibrators, dildos, you know, silicone, steel, and there was nothing that spoke to me. And another realization came, I don't just want pleasure. I want to feel connected to myself. And so that was just another realization. And that led me to um, kind of, the timeline is always a little bit messy, but I was very interested in in crystals and energy and spirituality at that time and, and researching a lot about um, energy and emotion and how it moves in the body and how crystals can help move emotion in the body. I was really trying to not be numb physically and emotionally anymore. So I was working with crystals. I went to a friend, I went with a friend to this like spiritual meeting of the minds. He was like a spiritual teacher. And um, this woman had a collection of crystals and one was um, polished in a wand shape kind of like this, you know, it was just like, it was polished. And I made this like realization that crystals could be carved into many different shapes. And I, and the name chakra just like popped into my head and it did feel like the crystals were like, we're, we're ready for you. And it was a spiritual experience. And I blurted out that crystals would make amazing sex toys. And all these people looked at me like I had five heads, but I, so I sat quietly for the rest of the time and my mind did not stop. And I was, and I wanted to use crystals for sexual pleasure. This was something that made sense for me that I wanted. And the more after that night, the more that I thought about it and the more I spoke about it with people, the more I realized how much this made sense. It's like sex was um, at the at the adult store. Even there was like this idea of almost to make it okay, to make it um, accessible for people. It almost had this jokey kind of um, feel to it, very hokey and kitschy, kind of like oh, we're getting sexy and we're doing like you know these things. And to me, I was like it that that took something away from it and the whole idea about crystals and utilizing crystals and having it be recognized as this spiritual practice this thing that could get you in touch with who you are on the inside 
and um, open up pathways of, of thinking about these deeper questions about who am I, what's my purpose, all those things are things that crystals inspire. It made so much sense. And I realized that other people would need that too. So that led me on the whole <laughs> path of developing um, chakras. Oh, that is amazing. And I love how hearing your story, I was kind of taking mental notes and noticing um, a lot of similarities to my own journey as a sex educator and a teacher and all of that, seeing kind of, you know, coming from a less than ideal place sexually in our own lives and wanting to impart better on other people's lives as a result of it. And having that kind of moment of that kind of aha moment of this is what I want to do. This is how I want to help people, how I want to contribute to other people's intimate lives being better than mine was and hopefully being better than theirs was before too. So that is amazing and makes me so happy. And hopefully a lot of other people will resonate with that, um, especially if they have passion-based careers, even if they don't have anything to do with sex ed. Oh, 100%. And I do feel like um, the things that we want to teach are the things that we've had to learn the hardest. Because I feel like it is kind of this rite of passage, maybe, or something to like go through some sort of struggle. And the, the trick for some of us, I think, to cope with it is to transform it into something really positive. So I'm still, you know, that, that moment in my life and that six-year relationship, it was very toxic, but I have no... Um, I have no connection to it anymore. Um, emotionally, I've done so much work on it. And I think creating chakras and knowing that my story does help people, uh, it, it just, I have healed that, that from that moment, and those, that string of moments. So definitely, I think it's important for people to realize that they can benefit sometimes if they choose to, to see things that at first, maybe like felt like it was so harmful and you can transmute that into something that's creative. Absolutely. I know I, I love looking at my own experiences and experiences that others have told me about and how human beings have this amazing capacity to experience this wide spectrum of events in our lives that have all of these different emotional uh, kind of ascriptions to them, and especially the painful ones say, okay, I had this experience. I obviously am hurt by it, um, but there is potential for healing. And there's also a potential for me to expand kind of the value and the lessons of the experience in terms of helping other people's lives be better as a result. Like you said, helping other people either not have to go through that experience in the first place or help them to heal hopefully faster <laughs> than maybe we did. And I think that is such a beautiful aspect of humanity, learning, understanding ourselves and wanting to make life better for other people as a result. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, amazing. So um, for someone who is just starting to integrate crystals in their sexuality practices, what advice would you give to them? They're just starting out. So I think for somebody just starting out, um, for many people that may be used to something like a, a vibrator toy that's battery operated and, and might be overwhelmed with like, how, how will this feel, you know, on that physical level, I think the most important thing to note is to allow yourself to take the time you need to create an openness to feel pleasure in different ways. That's like on that physical level. And the more that you spend time with crystals, the more sensitive you do become. So it's like really knowing that uh, that it is a process. This is something that could be a lifelong journey for someone. And the more that you work with crystals, the more sensitive you do become and the more crystals even hold that information of your pleasure. So it's going to enhance 
every time. It's a magical experience if you let it be, if you open up to it. And also, I think it's really important to let people know to not let it be another part of life that you feel pressured by. So because this has to do with spirituality and because there is this opportunity to have these really spiritual experiences um, that can be like psychedelic at, at points, like many people have these wild experiences and that could be so exciting. Um, but it's, there's a trickiness here, I think, with a lot of like spirituality topics where you almost you can't force it to happen. So it's such an internal process to just allow yourself to be open and surrender to the moments and work out any type of blocks that are preventing you from recognizing those moments when they do occur. So it's, yes, it's a full philosophical and spiritual um, practice. And yeah, and aside from that, I mean, everybody is so different and everybody's going to have varying experiences. And um, I would just say like, to know that you're also not alone in any type of experience you do have, and that there is a community about using crystals to explore your sexuality and to reclaim your sensual um, being. And so that's, you know, I mean, I'm also, I'm so open to people just DMing me on, <laughs> on the chakras Instagram and like, I'm like giving voice notes and like helping people like, you're not alone. Like there is something so beautiful to this and you can share in the community that like also has these kinds of experiences. Absolutely. And that's something that I've found in my own uh, kind of journey as a sex educator that both for myself, as I was doing that exploration and understanding of myself and being uh, an educator, helping other clients in that as well. I found that a lot of folks, when they start exploring their sensual and their sexual selves, they feel this certain pressure to uh, fit a certain standard or blend in to this kind of monolith of what sexually liberated looks like, um, which is often a really um, intense uh, kind of extreme example of, you know, the most sexually empowered or the most kinky or the most whatever, um, instead of exploring their own unique sexual identity. So are there any certain practices or like how can crystals help people to kind of personalize that experience of exploring their sexual selves instead of being like, oh, I have to be like all those other people in that way? I mean, even looking at what crystal attracts you, you start the process of self-love and self-awareness. So like you're saying, it is about understanding who you are individually and expressing that completely and on purpose. And so even when you're looking um, you know, at the Chakram's website and reading the descriptions of the crystal, something is happening inside of you where you're taking, you're going to notice something is sparking. If you're hearing something about the crystal metaphysical properties and something is going to resonate, that's a clue. That's something that you're, you're being is is calling to so even in that process you're starting to do something where you're becoming more self-aware and so in terms of practices well there's so many ways to <laughs> to go go about it um you know it can simply be for pleasure and just seeing what what comes up it's really about observing yourself while you're in this state. What your, um, what your relationship is like to the chakra becomes a parallel to the relationship that you have to yourself, to your sexuality. So it is kind of this like out, outside um, manifestation of, of you. And if you look at it like that, you will start to discover things. So, you know, some people might like place this crystal on their altar and like light candles in it and like, 
you know, really like honor it. Some people might like use the crystal while, while they're watching Netflix or whatever, you know, it's like, and, and feel really chill about it. If you have this kind of resistance to it, that's teaching you something about yourself. So I think recognizing it as a symbol of your relationship to yourself or your sexuality does open up this idea of like self-awareness and you start to discover more and more about yourself. Oh, and it happens over time too. So it's like in dream interpretation, you know, I, I, I'm very into uh, like analyzing dreams because I feel like our dreams are internal guidance systems. So we have symbols that pop up to us in dreams that we can decode depending on how we feel about what's showing up. It's all pointing to parts of, of ourselves. So I think we can do the same thing to a degree in our waking lives when we honor certain things around us as symbols. And so just adopting that outlook, I think is a really good start for people. I don't know if that's like too heady, but that's like how I, I like, I like to do it. Absolutely. Never too heady for me <laughs> and hopefully not for our listeners. Yeah. Either. Uh, I love that. And I love the idea of uh, there's no good or bad way to feel. Yeah. There's no way that you should feel or way that you should experience it, but it's more like gathering information through whatever you experience. Cause I feel like uh, a lot of times for myself and for folks that I work with in like any sort of meditative practice um, or spirituality practice, there's always this feeling of, okay, I should have this really profound experience, or I should see this really um, intense symbolism or have this like trance meditative explosion of an experience. And it's not always that way, you know? And I think that it's so important to receive whatever we receive, even if it feels like not important, insignificant, not as special, whatever, because those little things are special. And I know for me, um, the most intense and special and memorable meditative and spiritual experiences that I've had have been the, the ones that don't seem very profound, like going out for a little meditative walk when it's snowing outside. Like that one specific walk was like absolutely like the most special thing for me, but it's not something that would necessarily blow someone's mind if I told them about it, but it's special for me. Ab absolutely. And there's a, there's a book about somebody having a profound spiritual experience by like looking at a chair and I forget what it is, but um, it's, it's that type of thing. Also, when you, when you really start to, it's like these base kind of ideas. And if you let them permeate your, your life, you, I think you start to see it more and more though, too. It's like, I had a profound experience the other day when I was walking in the park and I, um, there was a person on a bicycle that rode by me. And the clicks from like the, the bike, you know, like the wheels turning, that sound. And as it like swooshed by me and I like, I just like realized that particular sound that like, you know, I was like, what a cool fucking sound that is. And that is such a human thing, like a bicycle. And it brought me to this place again, which is, you know, the, the chakras philosophy, which is like, if you become really sensitive to pleasure you start taking pleasure in many things so it's like that gave me like so much pleasure to just recognize like I'm a human experiencing what the sound is for that bike bicycle to go by because chakras has taught me that like the reason why sensuality is so important is because I do think that's a human experience. And that's something that's, you know, probably coveted by aliens and other spirits or whatever, you know, it's like we get to experience sensuality in the senses. So whether it's sexual or not, chakras is really meant to get you sensitive to that kind of sensation and to take note in these little things that 
we get we get blind to over time, you know, and um, so giving things attention that it is a profound experience, like like you said, you did, even though like other people wouldn't necessarily see it as that. It's amazing, and I think it's really I think it's really important for people because the world is really um, it it's really difficult to live in this world and so it's like really finding those little things that are so accessible to us like hearing the sound of the bicycle like going outside in the snow like whatever it is it's like that I think is so so important and not as maybe um not as like sexy as it may sound to like oh you're going to open up your third eye and you're going to, you know, start radiating this, like whatever it is, whatever people think that the idea is about becoming a sexually liberated person, those things are so possible. And many people experience that, but who's to say that like looking at a chair <laughs> and like just recognizing everything that is, that involves like the the meaning the symbolism of the chair like and everything like how who's to say that that's not you opening up your third eye and having this like very magnificent thing of, of, about that experience so I do feel like it's the most important thing for for people to to get on that kind of philosophy and to start really taking that with them in every day Absolutely. I mean, I, <laughs> this is like the center of my work. Like I could go on and on about this, but I think that it is so important for our individual and collective psyches, uh, for our lives, for our mental health and for our sense of pleasure and just humanity to, it's kind of like the, the pursuit of happiness, mm -hmm. like how psychologists have written about people who pursue this ever-changing, ever-greater, um, ever-more-elusive target of happiness are less happy, like exponentially less happy than people who, you know, notice positive experiences in their day and appreciate them. And it's not to say you should settle for less. It's not to say you shouldn't want certain things in your life because absolutely not. But it's so important to, like you said, be sensitive and tender and receptive to the grand, you know, spectrum of pleasure in our lives. And yeah. I know for myself, like I, I know how, you know, marketing in general would portray ultimate happiness as like, you know, taking a yacht to Spain and um, <laughs> having a whole collection of designer bags and all of these different like grand themes of happiness. And at the same time, like, I'm sure that those things would absolutely bring happiness and do bring happiness to some people. And that's great. But that's not realistic for a lot of us. And it's also not something that in and of itself will bring happiness. I know for myself, if I think back to the times that I've felt truly the most happy, it's been like when I'm sitting at the, at the beach with my sister for like five hours, like not doing anything special, just like sitting there, talking with her, reading, watching the waves. Or like the other day, I walked the same trail that I walk every single day in the woods uh, behind my house. And I came up to like the same spot that I come to every single day on this trail. But for some reason that day, I just felt extra connected to the land, like the same land that I see and walk through every single day. But I just felt connected to it and to myself. And that was such a beautiful moment that didn't involve me having to take a yacht to Spain <laughs> or buy designer bags or whatever. So I just think it's so important for people to know that they can access that, that happiness is not an external experience that we have to contrive for ourselves or spend four or five figures to achieve, but it's an internal experience that we can open ourselves up to, that we can feel, even if it is just, I remember you saying something, it might've been in the Chakrabs book, it might've been somewhere else, but like having an orgasmic feeling, just like sitting in the grass. And I resonated with that so much. And that's like the epitome, I think, of what we're talking about here. 
Uh, absolutely. And I do want to say that it can be almost a double-edged sword because I am such an advocate for um, sensitivity, right? That's what we're talking about. And I think that along with that becomes sensitivity and the fact that like you can get affected deeply by things that aren't even that bad, but it can like hit you really, really strongly. And so the part of that um, that I find is really helpful is again, this kind of idea that we are humans experiencing the senses and all these human experiences like loneliness. And it's like, when you kind of recognize that everything that you're doing is this, this human, human specific experience and you connect to yourself on that spiritual level and you connect to like something greater than ourselves that we could never really verbalize. Um, it's this beautiful thing where you're, you are kind of outside of yourself, looking at yourself, having this human experience, like loneliness, for example, and you're like, oh, you're experiencing what it's like to have heartbreak and you're, and you give it like this kind of care and this, you, you know, you, you can cradle yourself in this way. And when you have that philosophy and it's just like, it's okay, you're experiencing this because this is also, um, this is also, I want to be careful because I don't want to romanticize like this or anything like that, but it's, it's like a coveted experience or something, you know, if you look at yourself, like you were a spirit that came specifically to like be a human with these experiences. So, you know, again, it's, it's a little bit difficult because I want to be careful, but, um, but in essence, I think that that, that is something to be, uh, to be aware of too, that being sensitive is a double-edged sword, but you know, it's still in that vein of preciousness when you see it like that. Absolutely. It makes me think of one of my favorite tarot cards is the three of swords for mm -hmm. that reason, because it's kind of like, if we look at different deities, you know, deities of war are also deities of peace. Deities of sickness are also deities that physicians would pray to for the health of their patients. And so if we think about a card like the three of swords and the tarot as uh, this reflection of the human experience, we can see the three of swords. It is this, you know, card with a big red heart with the three swords stabbed into it. And through witnessing that pain, the heartbreak, the abandonment, the betrayal, all of that jealousy, whatever grief, yeah. we see the the fullness of that heart, the fullness of our capacity to feel. And to go back to what you said, of course, we do not want to romanticize trauma or um, any things like that, that are truly painful and difficult that we don't, nobody deserves to go through them. Nobody should have to go through those things. But if we think about something like grief, you know, grief of a loved one passing away, the intensity of that grief can, while it's so painful to feel, it also shows us how deeply we loved and still love that person, how deeply we connected with them. And we, we can't really have that capacity to feel the greatness of that love and joy without also having that capacity to feel the grief when that thing is taken away from us. And so again, very important to not romanticize those things, but to recognize the value in some of those experiences as a reflection of our capacity to feel, to love, to, to experience all of these human experiences that, like you said, deities and spirits don't experience. And right. a lot of times I feel like people can devalue humans as, oh, we're so weak, we're so this, we're so that. But Although we're not immortal, we don't have like special powers like we might see, you know, in the movies or TV shows or whatever. We do have this amazing capacity to love. It's kind of like I'm rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and you see all of these, <laughs> all the different characters like 
Willow has the witchcraft powers, Buffy has the the slayer strength and healing, and then somebody like Xander is this quote unquote regular human being. And you see him struggle with that identity of being regular. And all of his friends are either like demons or slayers or witches, and he is just this regular person. And yet you can see the moments where he realizes that his humanity is the power. You know, he witnesses, you know, his friends, he supports his friends. And even though he doesn't have the slayer strength or the the telekinesis that Willow might have or whatever, he has this ability to still, you know, fight with his friends, fight for good, um, and really be the heart of the Scooby gang, so to speak. And so it's a really beautiful way of seeing that even though humans don't have super strength or superpowers or any of these things that we venerate deities and spirits for, we have this magic and this power and this beauty inherent in humanity that other entities just don't have. Absolutely. I love that so much. I was getting chills. And I do <laughs> think that's such an important um, that's such an important thing to discuss and to let it be known and to feel that specialness within being a human. And I think that um, I wrote something recently personally for like my email list when you sign up. It's like a letter from the founder. And I talk about that because I think that when I when I started my personal journey with Chakra, I I did have this idea that I would uncover the secrets of the universe in, in, in some way and be like this ultra, um, you know, sultry sorceress, I think I say, you know, and, um, and just like solve my human problems, basically, of like being frustrated or, uh, you know, sad or whatever it is. and. The actual thing that happened is when I, I am very sultry, I, I do know how to exude sensuality and all that stuff. There is truth to that. But I think that what I did more was become so in love with the idea of just being a person. And I think that's a really like, I, I'm almost at a point of struggle now because I think that that's not sexy marketing to say like you're going to just realize how great it is to be like a regular person <laughs> you know and it's like but to fall in love with the experience of like you're saying of just like this daily thing and and just find taking pleasure in these little moments and your coffee and whatever it is you know it's like that is so powerful it's not always a really hard selling point but it's the most powerful thing that I think we could possibly do. And I think it is a, yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's like, <laughs> that's a good one. I feel like this, this, this lesson is in some things like Encanto. I don't know if you saw that um, Pixar film with Maribel, I think her name is. Um, she's like the youngest sister, or not the youngest, but she's like a young girl in this family and everybody at a certain age like gets a power and she she never got her power and she's bringing like you know she has to find out why she's you know special basically and I think it's like I think it is a lesson um to be to be had by by many of us and it's an important one too absolutely and I feel the same way like with my work it is not it's not great marketing because I'm not telling people I have the secret codes and downloads uh, that you could never possibly access, you peasant humans. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of especially sexuality and sensuality and spirituality and which coaches on Instagram uh, will market themselves that way because that's what people want. People want Exactly. People feel compelled when they see someone else saying, I know these things that you could possibly never possibly know. And if you pay me, I will share these secrets of the universe 
that no human could possibly ever access except for me. And in reality, like the more that I experience life and go through, you know, my own stuff, I, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, you know, what are these special secrets that are going to be imparted on me by the deities and the universe and whatever? And more often than not, it is the simplest things. Like whenever I get a quote unquote download from a deity, it's usually, it feels really profound to me because it's so simple. It's not this like, and when we think about it, you know, even again, quoting Buffy again, uh, when she has, you know, her experiences out in the desert, these kind of like uh, trance, spiritual, almost Jesus level experiences, it's always the simplest things, the simplest messages that you receive. The, the spirit guides are not giving you a long laundry list that you have to feverishly take notes. It's always like one sentence or like a few words. And it's so profound because it's the simplest thing. And so it's not necessarily as we go on this journey of self-discovery and learning and uh, evolving, whatever you want to call it. It's not necessarily we are here and we're trying to get all the way over there to uh, the, the place, the oasis of knowing and realizing the secrets of the universe. It's more like we're here and we're trying to get closer to the center of ourselves, to who we truly are without all of the, the things that pull us away over here. It's kind of like we've been pulled away over here by societal messages of your body's not good enough or you should be this way or you should be that way and it's more so a journey of coming back here so that's what I have to say about that <laughs> I love it I, I I think it's so so good I feel what you said too about these like profound messages that come they're simple they're profound and I think if you do take these these messages, if people took those those simple, profound messages and really let it permeate into like their everyday, it's like that is that is how you practice spirituality. It is taking those real profound messages and letting it guide you through like the daily. So absolutely, you know, it's like when you when you start a practice with chakras or, you know, using crystals in your sexuality, um, you, you start with a, an intention. You start with something where you're saying, like you said before, like this is going to symbolize the relationship I have to uh, myself. And now every time you, you become aroused and you, and you reach for your chakra, you're being reminded, okay, this is how I'm going to treat the relationship I have to myself with this practice right now and it and it leads into it and that creates uh growth absolutely and as we get to know each each other well each other but as we get to know ourselves better through our own solo and or partnered pleasure practices we we get to understand how we are our intuition our intuitive languages um our own kind of feelings and internal nudges. And kind of like we said before, as we get more sensitive and tender and receptive to uh, stimuli, to various things that can bring us uh, pleasure and joy, but also pain and difficulty, I think the other side of that is that as we get more attuned to our own pleasure, our own intuition, we are able to better set boundaries and protections for ourselves that can protect us from those painful things. So it's kind of like if we get to know ourselves better and we realize that, you know, we love connecting with, you know, certain things, certain nature, a certain partner, whatever, um, we can also get to know like, oh, I know that it feels bad for me to spend too much time on social media, or it feels bad for me to uh, let this certain person talk to me in that way. And so as we get more sensitive, sensitivity 
is not a bad thing in the sense of as long as we are setting up again, the other side of that, those protections and boundaries and continuously checking in with ourselves to make sure that those things feel good, that we're not cutting ourselves off or numbing ourselves from certain things that we deserve to experience in a constructive way, but that we're also not allowing or opening the floodgates to stimuli or experiences that don't feel good to us. So it is ultimately a helpful thing. Mm -hmm. So I still have a couple questions for you. So I will try to not ramble on about Buffy or what the universe any further. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. It. Amazing. So let's going back to those more painful experiences that a lot of folks experience. So a lot of people can feel disconnected from their sexuality after things like breakups, uh, sexual assault, and other similar experiences. So how could somebody work with chakras, crystals in general, um, after experiences like heartbreak or trauma to help them reconnect with and reclaim their sensuality? Chakras being that they're made of crystal, it does encourage um, those moments of attention to healing. So, um, so if you are recognizing that healing, you know, emotionally is something that you are wanting to uh, invite into your, yourself, then even just placing the stone on your heart and recognizing like you're giving attention to this piece of you that hurts. Like it's as simple as that. And like just doing that, like crystals, there is, um, there is a type of magic to it. They are um, connecting with your energy system. There, there is this, this thing that is, that is happening, just sharing a space with a crystal. And so you can take that, um, take that as a, um, the word is escaping me. You can just like, you could take ease in the fact that it is working on a really deep energetic level, just sharing a space with a crystal. And then also knowing that over time through practicing things like, okay, I'm going to take this crystal and place it on my heart and tune into myself and feel it. That also over time is opening you up to that type of healing. When it comes to sexual trauma and things like that. The thing with chakras is that, you know, they were designed um, to not be overly phallic looking. They were designed to be, the original shape is uh, what I imagine like the inside of myself to, to look like. It comes a little bit wider at the bottom and it's like a little bit more um, pointed at the, at the top. And so because of that, when you're working with a chakra, you're not thinking like this is an artificial penis or something like that. So I think that because of that, it does offer this kind of um, easing you in to this idea of being penetrated again. That's what it was for, for me, at least. It was like I, I wanted to penetrate myself. I didn't want to think about uh, men <laughs> at all, <laughs> you know, or, you know, anything like that. I wanted to just really honor this, the space within myself. So symbolically, that is what, um, that was for me. And so it is a slow process. I, I think for, for many people, it was for me, I worked with, you know, the chakras, um, obsidian for like two years before I really started working with other stones. Um, and I'm also like a Taurus and I feel like I'm like really slow moving in practices, but, you know, for other people, it might move faster, but, um, I think it is just so, so important to have the mindset of knowing that this is the path that you're on. You are on the path of healing. You are on the path of self-love. And once you decide and you commit to that, you cannot step off that path. There's like, no, you can't. Like, even if you completely forget about your, your chakras practice or your sexual 
sensual self-love practice for years. Those years, when you come back to it, you're going to observe those years and how it felt to forget about it. That, so you never step off the path. And I really just think committing to that and knowing just in a moment, just saying, okay, I'm on that path. You, you can't step off, like I said. So yeah. <laughs> and I love that idea of you can't step off the path, not in the sense of you are not allowed to, but in the sense of you can't screw it up. Like you, I feel like there's so much, um, I know for myself, I've felt this, um, as I've been on my own path, whether it's, um, wanting to manifest certain things or whether it's, you know, self-care or whatever you want to call it, this concern that somehow with my inherent, um, imperfection as a human being, I'm going to mess this up. Like I'm going to screw up this manifestation or I'm I'm going to screw up my self-care practice or I'm not going to do it well enough or whatever. And it's such a relief to know that we can't screw it up, you know, it, and, and especially as we become more mindful of that path of our own thoughts, our own self-awareness, all of that, it kind of, it reminds me of like my path with my matron deity. I have had years where I've like really not, I don't want to say not paid attention to them, but I haven't done like daily prayers or altar time or whatever. And they haven't left me. Their awareness has not left me, but it kind of comes and goes as, as it makes sense for my life. And so I think that's really important to remember that it's not one singular prescribed practice. It's something that we are consistently discovering and unfolding about ourselves. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I want things to come naturally. To me. I don't want to, because there's, there's a piece of that. That's like, if I'm meant to discover these things, if I'm meant to um, become clairvoyant or something, I want that to, to find me. That's my own personal truth. Um, you know, the chakra system, that's something that I felt so truly within me that I could identify like all these points of energy within myself. And then I started looking into the books and, and researching it and understanding it more. But I want these things to come natural to me. And I, and I want people to feel relief from pressure because it is just like, tricks there's just like tricks like you don't have to be anything other than who you are like at, the, at this moment and I and I think it's like I also realize like I'm I am able to connect with people so much more when I really uh don't put so much pressure on myself about like whatever I imagine my the perfect version of who I am to be and um because we're all imperfect and to just be honest about that with ourselves and each other create so much more opportunity to to truly connect so yes and and spirituality and like these these worlds they can be super super tricky because there is a lot of escapism there is a lot of ego when it you know like when it comes down to it like and it's just the foundation is that we are we want connection and we want love and there's so much anxiety in our in our world and and so it's like however we can calm ourselves and be okay with like spinning on this gigantic rock in the middle of the spaces <laughs> I'm all about it because that's like absolutely at the end of the day it's like this is scary as hell like what the hell? <laughs> like this is wild, and so like let's relieve as much pressure. And yes, I find that like including lots of pleasure is like the way. <laughs> Absolutely, and and remembering that um, something that I talk about a lot on my Instagram and wherever I find myself is this idea of pleasure as a spectrum as you know sensory pleasure sensual pleasure and sexual pleasure that pleasure is not when we talk about pleasure even when we talk about pleasure with chakras we're not talking exclusively about that orgasmic trance 
state uh, of psychic codes and downloads and all that kind of stuff and like connecting with alien spirits and whatever. It's, you know, it can be that. And by all means, please have as many of those experiences as you would like to. But it's also the pleasure of, you know, warm shower water on your skin and uh, the first sip of your coffee or your tea in the morning. It's also like the pleasure of a belly laugh with your best friend or like, you know, how cute your cat looks in the middle of the day or whatever. And appreciating all of those moments as pleasure, not just thinking, oh, I'm not having pleasure unless I am, you know, a model on a yacht in Ibiza or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to um, our fifth question. So as a sex educator myself, a lot of my clients ask me how to choose a sex toy, especially when they're shopping online because they can't see it in person. Um, There's no floor models for them to touch or turn on. Uh, So how would someone go about choosing a crystal toy, especially if they're shopping online? Yeah. So first you want to identify what physical shape that you want. That's really just personal preference. Um, There's the curved ones that are really good for G-spot stimulation. There's the ridged one, which is, you know, is a little bit of like a, um, uh, you know, like friction kind of sensation. Um, there's the original, there's the generous, which is like our most generous size. So there's the yoni eggs. So it's like, so you first want to just choose what you want on that physical level. That's just like, you there's no rhyme or reason to it you're just like what you desire physically after that you would look at um what's available in that uh in that shape and size and read through well there's a couple ways you could read through the descriptions like I was saying before and kind of take note of what sparks within you so it can be you're reading the description and it's very you know poetic and you can see what um, what piques your interest or what yeah is resonating. Like, hmm, that sounds interesting. Like, that's going to be a signal for you that that is something that your intuition is calling to you. And so that's like something to just follow through with. Then there's also you don't even have to read the metaphysical descriptions. You can go with what your favorite color is. If you if your favorite color is pink and you want rose quartz, like choose that. Anything that's going to inspire you to work with it is going to be a good decision. You could go with intuition and just, yeah, what attracts you on that physical level. You can use astrology. I like to um, tell people to choose a chakra based on either their Venus or their North Node sign. So your Venus sign is like how you approach love and your north node is the energy in which you're like growing towards right in the simplest way you can explain that so you can look up like what crystals are associated with those signs in your astrology and pick based on on that too um yeah and then there's so much information we have like on on our website about how to choose a crystal in you know for specifically like sexual trauma and other things like that. Um, So there's lots of information online. And then you could also ask (laughs) like for, for guidance again, like we are so, you know, so here for people to just help talk through things because it is like, it can be intimidating, I think. And especially with something like this, it is a, it is a tender topic. So you want, you sometimes want somebody to to bounce ideas off of and have that guidance. And we're, we're there for people. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much. I'm sure that will be really, really helpful for a lot of folks who are listening. Cause I know if you don't have a huge amount of experience in this world, it can be kind of intimidating of like, I don't even know where to start. What's the step-by-step. So really laying it out like that um, is really, really helpful. So to wrap up our conversation, is there any other advice that you have for anyone who wants to or already is working with crystal toys? Be open to opening. 
and that could be your mantra. Um, that could just be something you say once and then it's true. Um, if you're open to opening, you're going to experience more and more of what's meant for you. And, um, and yeah, I have my book too, which I'll plug crystal healing, sacred pleasure, um, which goes all through the philosophy of uh, working with crystals for sexual healing and, um, discovery. And I also have, um, the chakras method book for wands and for yoni eggs. So if people do want more information, they could check those out. They're available on Amazon. They come in Kindle versions um, or downloadable versions. And, and yes, I think just know that I feel like the theme of our chat is to recognize the magic that is being human. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa. Um, before we go, uh, how can folks stay in touch with you and your work? So um, we're on Instagram at Chakrubs. Um, I have my personal Instagram, which is just Vanessa underscore Puccia. Um, and you could, yeah, just follow us there on Twitter. Um, trying to get started on TikTok, though it's... <laughs> It's slow going. Believe me, I know. <laughs> I'm just, you know, so that being said, um, you know, people want to learn more specific things and give me ideas of how I could be of most help. <laughs> Please let me know because I have no idea what to do. Um, but yeah, we're on the, all the typical social channels and you can also um, you know, like I said, just email us through through the website. You can send us a DM. I'm I'm, I'm really um, committed to just like being there for people on like a human level as much as possible. So it might take me some time, but like literally I'm just here to help. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa, for talking with me for over an hour <laughs> about all of these wonderful and really important topics. So, and thank you to everyone who is listening. Feel free to let us know what you thought about this conversation. Leave us a review, send us a DM, do whatever you want. We would love to hear your thoughts. And thank you again, Vanessa, for joining us today and sharing your wisdom about the wonderfulness of being human. Yes, thank you, Gwen. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. See you next time.